Welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast, where I, Paul Voon, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. So I turned in my last final a few days ago and literally sat on the couch, ate ice cream, and watched TV for six hours straight. The last two weeks have been a kind of intense day in and day out reading and writing marathon. I think one thing I definitely learned about grad school this semester is that when classes are over, the really hard work is just beginning. When classes are over, you have finals, and in grad school, finals usually mean a paper or a project that looks like a paper for each of your classes, and sometimes, uh, most of the time, This requires reading outside of the reading you already did in class. And then there's the pressure of incorporating these readings into your paper and making it all make sense. The only thing that has helped is the fact that most of my professors have been pretty lenient about the topics we choose. And that's because in grad school, they really want you to explore your areas of interest. So although classes revolve around a theme or a theory or a way of doing research, Professors actually want you to apply what you learned to a topic that you find interesting. So far, I've been writing a lot about Romanized popular alphabet, which is the most widely used Hmong writing system in the world. I don't think this will be the focus of my dissertation, but it plays such an important role in Hmong history and the history of the Hmong language that I had to spend some time on it, so... I spent this year of grad school really looking at it critically. This summer, I plan to spend some more time actually analyzing it um, in, a, in a more practical manner, maybe looking at some of the primers used to teach it, as well as analyzing some of the contexts in which it's currently being used. But this school year, I was mostly focused on looking at it critically and looking at it in a colonial and imperial context. I also have a couple of announcements to make. I will be releasing a personal statement workbook, hopefully in the next month or so, that I designed to help you write your personal statement. I know that this is a source of um, stress (laughs) and uh, pressure for a lot of people. And so I decided to create something, a tool that might be useful to those of you who are writing your personal statements and who are um, in the process of applying to grad school, I've filled it up with a load of information that will not only be useful to crafting your personal statement, but will also be useful to you in the process of just learning how to be an effective writer. So be on the lookout for that. I am estimating that it will be released sometime in mid-June, but um, I'll, I'll be sure to to um, announce it again and to also announce it on my social media platforms. So if you aren't following me already, make sure to follow me at On Becoming Educated on Facebook as well as on Instagram. Also, if you're looking, if you're looking into applying to grad school, if you're thinking about grad school and you're not really sure where to start or it's just overwhelming because the whole process could be overwhelming with just so many things to do and you'd like some support with the process. I am offering coaching services 
you can read more about this on my website at onbecomingeducated.com slash coaching. So that's onbecomingeducated.com slash slash coaching. And now on to today's show. We're halfway through May, so that means the school year is over for some of us and nearly over for others of us. In just a few months, application season for college will start. So on today's show, I want to talk about what you can do now if you plan to apply to grad school in the fall. It doesn't matter if you're 21 or 51 or if you want to go into a master's program or a doctorate program. I think there are several things you can do right now to set yourself up for just a smooth application period. Most traditional application periods are between October and January, but I have seen some programs that have deadlines far later into the spring. If you're planning to apply to multiple programs or schools, I definitely recommend creating a spreadsheet that you can use to track all your deadlines. I will link my spreadsheet that I used in the show notes, so feel free to check it out. Hopefully it's useful to you. Here are eight things you can do if you plan to apply to grad school. Number one, make a plan. Take out a calendar, digital or physical. The physical ones, in my personal opinion, are much funner, but that's just me. Look at your calendar and see how much time you have between now and the end of November. I always look at the end of November because from my experience, that's sometimes when the first applications are due, I shouldn't just say sometimes, I should say most of the times. If you have several months left, then you're in a good place, depending on what program you're wanting to apply to. If it's medical school, you're probably going to need more more than several months because you have to study for the MCAT, and I've never had to take the test, but I hear it's not easy. If you only have a few weeks left and you haven't started, then you're not in a real great place and you might consider waiting until next year. But of course, no one's going to stop you if you still choose to move forward with your application. And if you already have certain things in place like recommenders and your program doesn't require the GRE, then you might be able to pull it off. So here are some things to add to your calendar. First is research. There are only two ways to find schools and programs that you can apply to. One, from your mentors, professors, and family and friends. Two, from the internet. <laughs> at least <laughs> at least those were those are the ways that I have used. I mean, I'm sure you can also get it from going to con- you can also get this information from going to conferences and presentations and such. But I I when I was looking into going to grad school, I, I didn't have time to actually go to Um, presentations and conferences. So I didn't um, really get this information from um, those two uh, sources. Most of my information that I got about schools and programs was from the internet and from um, people, people that I actually knew. Research can actually take more time than you think. One click might lead to another, and before you know it, you're reading the tiny text on a school's website describing a a grad student's research on birds in the Amazon. (laughs) The point here is make sure to add research time to your calendar. There may be programs in schools you didn't even know existed, especially if you are willing to go out of town or even out of state. 
So just just uh, be sure to to make time for that on your calendar. The second thing that you should put into your calendar is the GRE. Set a date for when you plan to take the GRE if one or more of your schools or programs require it. And I don't mean just like writing it in your calendar. I mean registering for it on their website, which I will link in the show notes. I remember that the GRE became real once I registered for actually registered for it. So I do recommend that if you are planning to take it to actually register for it so that you can kind of um, have the date in your calendar and you can plan your study schedule around that date. The third thing that you should add to your calendar is letters of recommendation. And this is what I did. Once I decided on the schools I wanted to apply to, I noted on my calendar when each application was due. Then I set a hard deadline of when I'd like to ask my recommenders to turn them in by. Then I set a date of when to request letters of recommendation. This is important. I mean, everything is important, but the request date is important because it it also determines when you finish your personal statement and or your statement of purpose so that you could give that personal statement and or statement of purpose to your recommenders to help them write your recommendation. And so all of these things kind of uh, go together. So um, it's important to, to note them on your calendar. The fourth thing I would add to the calendar is personal statement. Um, set a date of when the most f- <laughs> the mostly final draft should be done based on when you want to request your letters of recommendation, like I had mentioned before. I also recommend setting a date for when the draft should be done and when you expect to revise it. I know this goes in this this kind of goes into like the minutia of <laughs> of um, setting deadlines, um, and it sounds like I kind of overdo it a little bit with all these dates and deadlines. But trust me when I say it's super helpful because it holds you accountable to have these dates in your calendar. And the fifth thing you should put on your calendar is application deadlines. Double check to make sure they're the right deadlines because <laughs> once you miss the deadlines, there's not much you can do about it. And so just uh, put them in your calendar and double check to make sure they're the right ones. So I just went over the first thing you should do now if you plan to apply to grad school. The second thing I'm going to uh, I'm going to talk about is start saving. Let me just say the earlier you start saving the better, but if you're like me and you don't you didn't re- really realize that you wanted to really like really <laughs> go back to school until around this time, then you start saving around this time. And when I say quote unquote this time, I mean, whatever time you find yourself in, just save as much as you can. I actually moved back home so that I could save more, and that really, really helped. I can't begin to tell you how much just having the extra funding or the extra savings has really allowed me to live a little bit more freely and live with a little bit less stress. 
So I definitely recommend you to start saving as soon as you can. And um, if you need to work a little extra whenever you could, um, I think it helps because it, it helped me too. Whenever I could take on extra work, I did uh, for at least for, for the last few months of, of work so that I could save as much money as I could. The third thing you should do if you plan to apply to grad school is try to figure out what your research interests are. If this is making you sweat, <laughs> that's okay. But you should know that most grad programs require some kind of research, even if it's just a general topic of interest that you have to write a paper on or do a project on. So you should have an interest in something, even if it's as general as birds. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about birds, but it's the topic. So just, <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> if you are applying to a PhD program, though, you might consider being slightly more specific. What about birds interest you? What questions about birds keep you awake at night? <laughs> the fourth thing you should do now if you plan to apply to grad school is talk to your mentors about your research interests and grad school. I, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but this is especially important if you're trying to figure out what your research interests are, but are having a hard time. I always get super excited whenever one of my mentors is listening to me talk about my research interests. And I think it's because I know that they actually care because they care about me and they care about whether I succeed or not. Also, it's really good to connect with your mentors about grad school because I found that they often ask questions that I haven't even thought about. I might have mentioned, like I said, I might have mentioned this before on the podcast, but I really wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't talked to one of my mentors and shared all the schools I was applying to with her. Her pointed questions resulted in me dropping a few schools from my list and adding a few more. And today, I'm at one of the schools that I added. And a final note about mentors, they're really good at keeping you motivated when you start doubting yourself. Several times, my mentors talked me through some of my doubts, helping me see that I was more than qualified to go to grad school. The fifth thing you should do is start conversing with your recommenders. Like I said earlier, I, I put an initial reach out date on my calendar for most of my recommenders. This is when I am or was uh, reaching out to my recommenders to start exploring whether or not they'd be a good recommender. <laughs> so you you can't just like, randomly ask people. I mean, you could if you know that you're going to get a recommendation from them, but um, it's also good to kind of explore to see if, if to test the waters kind of to see if they're, they're going to be a good recommender. Um, you might already have a list of references you generally go to for jobs and such, but um, these might or might not be the best ones for your grad school applications. It all just depends on what kind of program you're applying to. I suggest reading the directions carefully um, about the letters of recommendation because programs will usually tell you exactly who they'd like your letters to be from. If your program requires a letter of recommendation from a professor 
and you haven't been in school for like 10 years, like me, <laughs> then you'll need to figure out how to find a professor to write a letter of recommendation for you. And this shouldn't just be a random professor, but it should be someone who knows you and your work. And so this might mean reaching out to some of your professors from school, or it might mean developing a working relationship with a professor, which will require time and effort and really um, genuine interest from, from both parties. The sixth thing you should do if you are thinking of applying to grad school is start reaching out to potential advisors. I added this because it's a piece of advice that I read over and over and over again online. Remember that as a grad student, especially a PhD student, you can choose your advisor. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> uh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not like Pokemon. It's uh, If I had to compare it to anything, I would say it's actually more like online dating. You, you choose them, <laughs> and if they like you and your research, they also choose you. I didn't reach out to any of my potential advisors because, honestly, I didn't have much to say to them, which should have been a sign that we weren't good matches. Also, I had been out of school for nine to 10 years by the time I applied and I hadn't read any current research. So I really didn't have anything to talk to them about. And I didn't want to send, you know, like generic emails to them. My advice is if you want to reach out to potential advisors, make time to read their work and really put genuine interest into your communication with them. Professors get so many emails that I'm sure after a while, they all sound the same. And I'm pretty sure they can spot a super generic like e email that is only intending to, to make sure they see your name and remember your name. And so they're not, they're, they've seen so many of these emails, they know exactly what you're doing. So I think a genuine email is going to grab their attention way more than a generic email. So if your email is genuine and actually shows interest in their work, I'm sure they'll be really happy to talk to you. And I've also talked to a lot of my peers and some of them did, uh, did reach out to professors and actually some of them went out to the schools to talk to the professors and these or to their potential future advisors and, these professors were really happy to talk to them. And then there were also professors who didn't really want to talk to them. So you kind of have your wide range of professors. And if it's a good fit, then, then um, they'll choose you too. The seventh thing you should do if you are planning to apply to grad school is to, and this should be pretty obvious, but to start studying for the GRE. I suggest listening to episode 14, where I and a guest talk about taking the GRE. I'll go ahead and link this episode in the show notes. Make sure to give yourself enough time to study. Some schools don't require the GRE. Some schools will require it, and they'll use it along with the rest of your application to decide whether to offer you admission. And... 
some schools will ask for a specific minimum score and some schools won't care. <laughs> so, and they, they just want you to have the GRE. <laughs> so when researching your schools, I suggest looking for GRE requirements, um, looking specifically for that and reading to see what it is. And also noting this in your spreadsheet or whatever system you are using to track your research and your applications. And the last one, the eighth thing that I recommend you do if you plan to apply to grad school is, and you might have guessed at this, is to start working on your personal statement and or statement of purpose. And honestly, not just these two things, but there's also a bunch of other writing um, pieces of writing that, that your program may request from you for your application. And just, so just to start in general working on those pieces of writings or writing. I recommend starting on your personal statement and or statement of purpose a few months before you need to send it to your recommenders. If you'd like to learn more about personal statements and statements of purpose, I recommend listening to episodes 21 and 22, which I will also link in the show notes. I go into detail on how to write these two important essays in those episodes. If you're worried about them and need some guidance, you can always go to your writing center if you um, if you if you are a student at a university or college campus. Writing centers are a great resource and should be used more, in my humble opinion. And <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I used to run one. <laughs> But um, just based on what I've observed and experienced, uh, they should be used more. You can also look into online resources, although I have to warn you that there are there there's a lot of information out there and a lot of it is super generic. So you really have to kind of sift through what Google spits out at you and find what's really actually useful to you. If neither neither of these things sound super appealing, I like I said, I will be releasing a workbook very soon that's designed to take you through the personal statement thinking and writing process. So definitely uh, be on the lookout for that. So that's it. Eight things to do now if you plan to apply to grad school. And this is just eight things that I thought of really quickly. I mean, there could be more that you could be doing um, and um, more specifically to kind of prepare you um, mentally and <laughs> I, almost, I was almost thinking mentally and physically. <laughs> but uh, I, I, feel, I do feel like uh, physical health has a lot to do with it too. I think physical and mental health go hand in hand. So, so yes, there are plenty of things you can do to help prepare you mentally and physically for this application period. You know, when I, I actually, when I first started jotting down ideas for this episode, I had, <laughs> I had three things I wanted to talk about. Then um, I had five things. And when I finally finished, I ended up with eight things. <laughs> it's not because I feel like I have so much knowledge to impart. It's more because I want to be as thorough as I can so that if you are applying or planning to apply to grad school, you have a good understanding of what it's going to require. If you have any questions, you can, of course, email them to me at pa at bypavu.com, and I'll try my best to answer them. If you are taking finals right now, I wish you the very best. 
Having just finished writing three papers, I really felt the pressure. I knew I was going to survive, but at the same time, the reading and writing felt like an unscalable wall. (laughs) But I I made it up that wall and down the other side, and so will you. I'm also um, super excited to finish my first year, and we'll talk about it a little bit more on the next episode. Seeing some of the titles and introductions to these papers, you can, of course, go to my social media on Facebook or Instagram at On Becoming Educated. And, you know, also, if you're interested in what I'm going to be doing this summer, um, uh, follow me on, on Instagram and Facebook as well. I'll be updating as much as I can. Until next time, um, stay safe, everybody. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review would go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. That's ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at bypavu and the podcast at onbecomingeducated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com.